everyone, and welcome to the Glad to Podcast. I am Lauren Romo, and with me, as always, is my cousin and fellow nerd, Andrea Gutierrez. I am Boba Fett. <laughs> the way he says Boba Fett is actually interesting, and I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah. I always think, like, I'm Poe. This is after he says it. Like, I want to match those two up. I'm Boba Fett. I'm Poe. I like that. No, I can go with that. I can go with that. What's going on, Ange? Here to talk some more Boba Fett for sure. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I was grouchy last week. Uh, Got a lot of things off my chest. Uh, Feeling good this week. Exhausted from work. Damn nine to fivers. (laughs) Dude, I am not nine to five. I am who the hell knows when I go in. Well, that's true. Yeah, you are. Or what day? You're all over the place. (laughs) You're definitely all over the place for sure. Losing it. Losing it. All right, kids. But if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are Star Wars Podcast to discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. In each episode, we will dive into one or two topics and have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character, you name it. And we talk about it. Andrea, wow, good episode. I'm, I'm excited to see and hear your thoughts, obviously based off of yeah, last good. week, which was interesting, I think, for many people. Um, I think this, and hope this episode, I think, did a lot for a lot of people. That's just my, that's my hope. But kick us off. What were your overall thoughts on the episode? Uh, anything stand out to you? And then I'll see, you know, we'll, we'll go into bigger stuff, but what's your, what was your overall thoughts on it? Uh, really great episode. Uh, lots of payoff for the problems I had with the previous episode. Lots of payoff. It almost, I was almost like, man, that three and four should have been combined together, you know, kind of had like, a a current time, a huge flashback, huge, and then, like, come back up to the current time. You could have almost made that one episode, and it would have, like, worked itself out instead of giving you that break and then wanting to kill Star Wars. But, um... What were some of the... If, if, to dive into that just a bit, like, what what were some of the things that felt, not fixed, but felt like, okay, now I got it with this episode now from last week? Like, what what were some of those for you? Uh, the fact that he took Fennec to a mod parlor and knew about those people. So when that guy came into the palace and was like, these kids are terrible, he knew, Boba Fett knew what they were, you know, so he, w- he was kind of playing dumb, which is cool. You know, he wasn't like showing all his cards like, hey, hang on, man, I know what they are and they're not what you're saying. He just went along with this guy's thing, which was cool. You know, I really liked that when they went back to the Sarlacc pit, he said that he had been in there for years. I thought that that was nice that there was some clarity around timeline of how long, because it felt like from what we saw out of the Sarlacc pit, he was only in there for a little bit. It felt that way, right? And I know you can't like show years. I I mean, I guess maybe you could, but um, giving like an actual time of years to him being in the Sarlacc pit that long was good. Because I felt like the timeline was getting messy. Him kind of explaining himself of that he's not soft, that he's actually harder. That was a great conversation between him and Fennec. I mean, here we're all waiting for this 
badass Boba Fett, which we do get, which is really cool. But to hear him explain how he's actually a stronger, uh, more resilient person because he seeks to understand what's going on and wants to make things better is completely true. And the way people should live their lives. I don't know why I just didn't see it in that episode three. I just didn't see it. So it was nice that that conversation was had. That was a huge payoff for me. Yeah, a lot of good conversations in this week's up for both Boba and Fennec, right? Just their campfire sit-downs were were really good. Were really, really good. Yeah, Fennec was great, man, this episode. Really good. yeah, uh, Yeah, what else you got? Uh, so I enjoyed it. I f- have a couple questions. We'll get into that. But, uh, you know, I, I walked away, especially from the ending, thinking, all right, let's go. We're, we're getting there and it feels really nice. This is great. I don't know if episode three is a hiccup or incorrectly placed or what. I don't know how to explain episode three. I still think it was a lower caliber episode and i will stick to that around just storytelling and it kind of felt lazy and flat but i will stick to that i'm not going to be like oh it was essential i I again presentation on episode three could have been better right episode four made up for it but does that have to you know you know i keep saying i said this to you leave it to star wars to tell a story out of order and then the point yeah yeah. After you get more information from a previous time, you're like, oh, that makes more sense now. But it's such a Star Wars thing to do. So, yeah, overall, I thought this episode was great. I would say it was my favorite episode so far. Ooh, that's a good... I can see that. I, it was a really good episode because I like the connections they've made moving forward. I think there's going to be a huge payoff. Huge payoff, I think. Overall, I think this was a good Fennec, Fennec episode, which I love because I don't think we've gotten enough from her yet, if that makes sense. So really excited to dive deep into her more, hopefully moving forward. We'll see. But I like that we did visit like the whole mod parlor and her getting fixed. That was really cool. And like you said, I think that answers some questions regarding the stuff from the previous episode. So it was a nice kind of connection. And like you're saying, it is almost out of order in a way, but it did get resolved and, you know, some stuff did get resolved in some way, shape or form, which was cool. Love the Boba stuff. Like you're talking about, we'll probably talk about that later. His whole demeanor of, you know, you can only go so far without a tribe beautiful line i love that and that's a really big I think, yeah that was great big theme for him going back to the starlack pit and using the seismic charger amazing so dope. amazing like the cinematography in this episode was really good really great it was it was really good so this episode was called the ga- uh the gathering I think it was at the gathering, the gathering storm. I want to say it was just the gathering, but uh, obviously it was directed by Kevin. I'm pronouncing it Tancherin, Tancherin. Apologies if I screwed up. Really well directed, though. I like 
again, felt cinematic. Those shots when you are in the um, fire spray ship. I'm not calling it Slave One anymore, kids. I'm sorry. It's a fire what spray. Is it? What's it called? Fire spray. That's the fire spray. Fire right. Spray? That's the type of ship it is. Oh. Right. See, this is where people, maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit, but like. I've just been calling it Boba Fett's ship. And that's fine, too. I, it is his ship. So, like, that's fine. Yeah. I think people dying on the hill of... It's Slave One. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, it is such a... It's so stupid. I, and Get over it. It, it, it. Right. Like, first of all, if you go back to the how and when it got called that, first of all, it was basically like the toys named it. It was big in legends, and so people just assumed that's what it was called. But Django nor Boba ever called it that way. Yeah. But in the Marvel comic, recently, recent series, uh, Lando calls it that. So other people might call it that, but Boba or Django has never called it that. Which is again weird. Again, can like you're saying, can wise if people are calling it that, then it's kind of weird. But I like the but the discourse about it not being called that by Boba is just it's funny to me. I think it's just ridiculous and dramatic for Star Wars. Like, but I get it because it's Star Wars and people are going to be dramatic about things like this all the time. But those shots when you're in that ship are amazing. Especially by the Sarlacc Pit. Again, and we'll talk about probably is the, the chats that Boba and Fennec had by the fire. Good stuff. Black Chrysanthemum mauling down Trandoshans. Santo. Santo. Thank you, Garza Whip, <laughs> with the little like nicknames. Very nice. Because I've it. heard him called, been called Santi, but I've, I don't think I've heard Santo yet. No, yeah, I don't think I've heard that. Yeah, neither have I. So that was cool. Again, for the people, and then it's funny that I think some people might not understand why he did that. But if you go back to Clone Wars and like the history between the Trandoshans and the Wookiees, I think you'll understand why he went ham on a bunch of Trandoshans. <laughs> like he just goes ham on them. And it's ridiculously great. Like it's so good. It's so good. I really liked it. My favorite line, though, honestly, is when Garza was like, hit it, Max. And you see Rebo go to town on his piano. Come on. Come on. That's amazing stuff, kids. <laughs> We're living in a time for Star Wars. Yeah. When people are saying, hit it, Max. Come on. We it, pe- we've almost that was- peaked. We've almost yeah. peaked. <laughs> and then we get some really cool callbacks. Maybe, again, maybe we'll dive deep into it later. But we got an LEP droid that we've seen in Clone Wars. We got a very similar droid that we saw in Return of the Jedi. That's a chef droid, but sounds like the droid from Return of the Jedi who was talking to C-3PO. That was cool. We had a a General Grievous-type droid that was waving around knives. Yeah. That was so great. <laughs> that was so great. I like how fun it got rid of him, just sliced the back of his That's head. the most violence I think we've seen that we will get in Star Wars. You know what I'm saying, though? We're never going to get it like a human being or alien like that, like that type of death. It's only going to be a droid. 
<laughs> but it was perfect though, right? Like it was so good. It was so, so good. But yeah, I mean the whole, I mean them getting into the palace and getting the ship back. Fennec with her dro- little like mini droid uh, going around and mapping out the whole palace. That was cool. A lot of good stuff. The the sit down dinner with all the families of uh, Moe's Espa. Good stuff. Really Marine good Corps. stuff. Raincore coming out of like his uh, his hand peeking up. Good stuff, kids. This great is good stuff. stuff. This is great. Good stuff. Then we got that nice little connection of timeline wise and i think we're i think we're gonna talk about this for sure timeline you know we see boba seeing the flares from season one of mando good stuff you hear the little music and then i think for me the moment at the end of the show when fennec was like you can buy basically you can buy a missile if you know where to look and then that mando theme kicks in bro dude (laughs) I lost it. That's when I texted you and I was like, well, shit. I lost <laughs> it. I couldn't believe it. So good. Like, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that, but that was amazing. That really was. That That came out of nowhere. I was not expecting that. I wasn't expecting that the muscle possibly could be Din. I'm thinking Bosk, uh, Dengar, um maybe an ig unit like i'm thinking those types of things you know like old school bounty hunters i am not thinking mando so i was shocked yeah i think it was interesting that they're setting it up that way but it makes sense almost right because like he helped or they helped him with grogu so he owes them a favor in a way shape or form right Din is a guy of honor, and I think when called upon, he will obviously come and help them. But I don't think he's going to do it for the money. I think they might offer it, but I think he will be like, you know, you help me, this is me repaying you. And maybe he brings some friends along. Who knows? That would be amazing. But I kind of want to jump into a Ask the Gal question, because this is a good, since we're kind of on this topic. Our friend of the show, Ryan Davis, he sent us an Ask the Gal's question. He says, there are a lot of rumors swirling about where Book of Boba Fett could be going for the for the remaining three episodes. Thoughts on who or what you'd like to see off the top of your head, off the top of my head, he says, Kira and a DH Han Solo together on screen seems possible. Not far off, Ryan. I, I don't think you're far off. Um, but I kind of want to get into his thoughts on who. Who we who we might see. I think may obviously Din is in play. I think we know that for certain now. He's definitely in play. I think we get some X or current bounty hunters. I throw a Bosque in there. I think that'd be interesting, especially with a Chrysanthemum. But I think in the comics they've worked together, so maybe he respects Bosque more than other Trandoshans. I don't know. So that would be cool. I think a Dengar would be cool. I think an IG-88 would be cool. I mean, just give me all the cool bounty hunters. That, like, let's let's go. Let's just do it. Let's just have some fun with this now. You know, go for it. I think Mando 
will bring, I think, maybe, I'm hoping, I don't know if, I don't know if Bo will come. I don't think Bo Katan will show up, but I think maybe, um, now I'm blanking on the, the girl's name. Cas- Cosca Reeves. Cosca Reeves. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. And then I think the other guy's name was Wolves or something. The 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 male male Mando. That was Male Mando. Male male Mando. So that'd be cool. Like I and then who knows where I mean I'll throw it out there and I throw it on Twitter and a lot of people weren't overly like against it, but like, what about the armor? The female armor? That'd be great. Bring her back. We need oh, more yeah. of her. That'd be sweet. And then maybe, again, hey, what about Sabine? Why not throw Sabine in there to connect the Ahsoka series that you're bringing up? I'm just saying, I think this next episode possibly, possibly could really start the storylines of season three for Mando and then get you prepared for Ahsoka. If they could, if they did it right. because. Right now, it's it's rumored, or I don't know if it's been confirmed, but Dave Filoni is directing episode six. And you know what Dave likes to do when he directs? Ahsoka showed up in his, and I believe in the first season, somebody and somebody else showed up in his when he was directing that he, you know, characters that he has known and used and all that stuff. So, what about Toro Toro Calican? Okay, Steel. <laughs> Play your role in that. I'm kind of disappointed we didn't see him when Boba walked up on Fennec. Like, it would have nice been nice to see his dead ass just sitting there. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> that's really fair. <laughs> but what do you think? I mean, a lot of possibilities, right? I mean, I want to start with Ryan's who do we think, you know, when they're talking about, you know, bringing a team together. Who, who do you think or who... who like pipe dreams or logically who do you think could show up so this is tough for me because this is like the downside of this podcasting profession air quotes is having to think ahead and have expectations and i wish lists because i don't want to do that anymore i've talked about that before and i i was so content with this episode that i was like back to just being in on the ride right i just wanted to come along for the ride i don't want to have expectations anymore if crimson dawn shows up awesome you know uh if they introduce them back in and we see a cure great but since it's an ask the gals question i'll go there sure i will go there um of course kira is exactly what i want in um some sort of introduction of the Crimson Dawn coming back. Now, I did just recently start reading the War of the Bounty Hunters series, um, which is wild because I tried to do it just by like piecing the issues together and I got so confused. So then I finally went in on Marvel Unlimited and it actually like lists the series off for you. So when you get done with one, it tells you what's the next one you go to. Oh, nice. Because nice. you're jumping from Afra, Star Wars, Vader, Bounty Hunters, um, and it, it is hard to keep up with. So um, 
But what I learned in that comic series is, yes, Crimson Dawn comes back in between um, Empire and Return of the Jedi, right? There's a resurgence of Crimson Dawn is still around and everybody is super nervous. Everybody, everyone, the huts, the pikes, um, all those tiny little syndicates that are around. So I think it's important to bring them into the story. Do I think the Pikes are ruthless enough to be a good adversary for Tatooine? Yes. So I don't need Crimson Dawn to be the, the puppet master. I think the Pikes hold, um, hold it on their own. But I would like to see Crimson Dawn and Kira eventually. Okay? Then I wonder who would Fennec bring into the... Um, the party, you know, who she to Fennec's got strings, right? Guess She's what got else connections? Guess what else I've been watching lately? Bad Batch. My God. Dave Filoni. Omega. Ooh, okay. I don't know. Okay. You I mean that's that's a huge stretch. But it works. But it's not bad, right? It it it, it would work. It would totally work. It would totally work. So why not? So that yeah, that's where I am for my um way out there um theories. I think both of my theories are way out there, Omega and Kira. I do. I think Kira is playable, but I still think it's kind of out there. So I'm not gonna put money on it. I think Kira is way more possible than Omega. I think the only reason I say Omega not now is because we all we've only had one season of Bad Bad. So we, I think we need more time with her. What about push the Bad Batch? I mean, you come out of the book of Boba Fett with a Bad Batch character, and then you're going to go into the second season of Bad Batch. I mean, right? No, I get it. I get it. You're not wrong. It's super far-fetched. I, I am wrong. I'm always wrong. That's the thing. <laughs> this is never going to happen. But it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Do I think... I think Kira is way more possible, but Omega is in play. So you never know. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know if we'll see her, but a mention of her, I could, I could see that. I could see that because of Fennec. She has to know she's out there. So I mean, it's not, it's not far-fetched. Kira, I think, is way more possible and I think would make way more sense in this story for Crimson Dawn to show up and for her obviously being the leader of it. So I'm down for a group of Mandos to come back, right? So maybe the children of the, what are they called? Yeah. Children, children of, of the, the watch. Children of the watch. I would be like those guys that were in season one. I want them all back, including the armor, all of that, that, that would be great muscle behind Boba Fett. I would love to see that. So that's, um, that's my other I wish. That's not a bad one because in that season, that episode, I'd have to rewatch, but I thought the armor said not all of them died because we see like a pile of armor. I feel like she said there's a line of like some, like some are dead, but some left their armor to go into hiding more. Or again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misreading that scene or misremembering. But I thought there are still some alive. 
So that's very possible to get that group that we saw in Mando season one with the armor. That'd be cool. That'd be really, really cool. I'd be down for that. I'd be really down for that. Now the Han stuff, eh, I'll take it and leave it. I know that I know there's been rumors and whatever. Now I'm good. Don't de-age Harrison. And if you do do it, honestly, if you do, just put Alden in it. Just do I it. I don't know. That's weird. That's weird to me because you're going from Alden Han Solo to Harrison Ford Han Solo back to Alden Han Solo. It's better, I think, just to do a de-age. But Fair. It, I also think Harris, or Harrison Ford, Han Solo is in play because in that War of Bounty Hunters series, he is a big focal point of that. I mean, and they even say in that comic book that Han Solo is like the center of the galaxy because everybody is after him. So he could, um, he's playable, but I don't know. It would be weird. I think it would be unnecessary to put Han Solo in, but I could see it. No, that's fair. I could see it, yeah, because it would make sense. I, Me, personally, I'm okay without it. Like, just, no, I'm good. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You don't have to. I'm okay. I'm totally okay with keeping that, like, out of the picture. But Kira, I would love. I would love that. I think she she makes way more sense than anything, for sure. So let's go into some 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 deeper stuff within that episode. We talked about obviously Boba and Fennec's conversations. I think this was a good exposition episode to kind of see how they come together, but yet then explain where they are when we see them in Mando season two. And obviously, you know, in Mando season two, Fennec shows her stomach. So then we see that in this episode, how that happens, which is really cool. Again, I said, I love the, I love the mod parlor stuff because it gave me like tattoo parlor vibes where like kids are going, instead of getting like tattoos, they're going to get mod, you know, mod, mod right. parts. Just, it's just something they, just something they do, you know, and somebody, I can't remember who said this either on Twitter or live stream I was watching, but they made a good point of like, you know, kids. In the core world, maybe have been doing this for a while, but it took a it took it longer to get to the outer rim to like tattoo in for the for the kids and tattoo in to start doing mod mod stuff. I don't I don't I don't I don't miss that. Like that's a good theory for me. Like I can buy it. I can totally buy it, and I'm okay with that. It's like that mod parlor stuff was cool, really really cool. And the I guess the guy that was fixed Fennec was uh his I think his stage name is Thundercat. He's part of a, a band. So that's kind of cool. Again, Ludwig, probably connections, maybe music. That's cool stuff. I like that stuff a lot. But I think I like again to go back to the Boba and Fennec, like just their conversations, how you know how similar they are, you know, both being left for dead on the Sands of Tatooine, Boba helping her. Her kind of not realizing it, but like what he was saying about, you know, the people that we work for don't give a crap about us. So why should we, why should we go back to that? Let's start our own, our own family, our own tribe. And he was totally right. So I love that conversation. And I like how, you know, when 
They go to the Sarlacc pit, and then he goes in to look for his, obviously, armor, which, as viewers, we know who took it, but he doesn't. He doesn't remember any of that, which I buy. I, I buy that. I, I totally buy that. He doesn't remember the Jawas took it. He just got out of the Sarlacc pit at that time and everything like that. That's good stuff. And then when he mows down the biker gang, that shot was great. I mean, seeing that ship like just start off as a dot and then just get bigger and bigger. So good. <laughs> so good. That's that's some good Star Wars kids. His face was so like intent, you know, and then, and then he the leaders, I, I'm assuming the leaders of that gang, he missled instead of like like blaster fire. Good stuff. And then I like how Fennec just looked at him and just like shook her head, like, yeah, all right, that's good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm with you. Question on that though. So right before that scene was when Fennec and Boba were talking by the fire, and Fennec said speed bikers defeated Tuscans. That's highly unlikely, right? So she says that yeah, yet, that was the earlier campfire after he saved her. Yes, yes, yes. So that conversation yeah. happened. Right. So right. she says that. Yet Boba still goes after the biker gang. Like, eh, maybe there's maybe there's two things going on. I don't care. I'm going after these ones first. So it was it was nice to plant that little seed that to let people know these guys probably don't run on their own and are controlled by something else. So that was really nice. Um, but. Man, seeing that ship just, like you said, as a dot and then just coming in was so awesome. It was very good. Yeah, I I mean, again, a lot of great shots in this episode. Honestly, just really good cinematography, movie-esque type stuff we got. It was good. It was really, really good. One of my other favorite shots was when they were at the Starlight Pit. And you see it from the view, like inside the Sarlacc, and you see the like the cockpit of the ship, like heading down into it. That was that was a great shot too, dude. It was just so good, just so so good. But so yeah, I mean, then we get to obviously outside of that of that uh, flashback, and you know that family dinner stuff was interesting. Again, him trying to bring them together. And then the families are saying, you know, no, but we won't rat you out. You know, we won't betray you. I mean, I kind of buy it, but we'll see. I mean, it was perfect what Boba said. Like, he trusts them to work in their own self-interest, right? And is his deal better than the Pike's deal? Uh, I don't know. I mean, they're money-driven, credits-driven, so you just, they have to... wave shinier things in front of those people and they'll go with whoever so i don't know they're not trustworthy i don't think that they'll back boba fett up by staying out of it i think they're going to cause somewhat of a problem but i think that's necessary no i could see that i mean especially the one guy the one that was on the others like the other head of the table that was kind of like hesitant because it seems like the Trandoshan. And then Aqualish. Yeah. They were cool. But then the other guy at the at the other end of the table, he was the one I think I like he Boba was more concerned about, it seemed like. Plantonians. Yes, Plantonians. So that was that was really again good stuff. I love it. 
I'm excited to see where that goes and what what we learn moving forward with these families. Like, again, do we trust them? Do we not trust them? Will they actually come to Boba's aid? Maybe they maybe they actually do join them. Who knows? Again, it's all it's all up in the air right now. It's all up for possibilities, which is which is good, which is really really good. Anything else on like the family stuff, Angie? You want to bring up Trandoshans or um, you know any of those families? That conversation, anything like that? Uh, no. But I, I still get that feeling of that night. That like Boba Fett's being naive, right? But I mean, we've learned already that he's not, and he knows what's going on, and he's a step ahead, or and um, just kind of allowing people to think. You know, it was really great when um Fennec said that um being with the Tuscans made him soft. You know, um that was like a really great point. It was almost like they could hear like the dialogue of fans ahead of time and wanted to address it. And so it is it is interesting that people on the outside right now do see him as as soft and not really understanding what his motive is. So it I think he will still have people like those three families trying to take advantage of him. That's a good point. And I do like you're really I think you're spot on with the it's almost a meta self dialogue that fans are having with each other right now. When it comes to Boba Fett, so it's it's interesting that they are doing it this way, but they are almost like you're saying acknowledging what they think will be like questions or concerns or whatever ahead of time. So that's really really cool, really really cool. So I, I want to dive into timeline wise because this is where I think maybe it's all up for interpretation or how you, how we see it. So. We know it seems like this is how I see it, and then I want to get your opinion on it and what, what how you feel. But my my understanding of events is obviously he he was in the Sarlacc pit for X amount of time. I don't think it was years. was it years. See, this is how he I said see it. years. He said years. All those years, he said that. So I, this is how I interpret it. And I, I, this is yeah, this is where I want to go with this because. What he what he said was, I was down there all those years ago. So is he talking about that's how long he was in the Sarlacc? Or that's just us saying that event of him getting out was that far back? So my this is like current headcanon for me is, obviously he was in the Sarlacc for X amount of time, right? I don't think it was years. It might have been a few days, weeks, maybe months, maybe longer. Maybe longer. Then he obviously gets out. And I think most of his time was spent with the Tuscans. I really do. I think most of his time was spent with the Tuscans and then roaming the sands of Tatooine after they died. I really do. I think that, for me, that's how that timeline matches up. So then it makes sense to where we are in this episode we're at the point of him meeting or in in the storyline of Mando, which takes place roughly five years post-Return of the Jedi. And we had hints of it, especially in the previous episode when he was at Mos, uh, Mos Eisley talking to the 
Pikes. Pikes. So we knew we were maybe in the general area of Mando-ish timeline. So again, I think what's what's up for debate is a how long he was actually in the pit, and the the time he was with the Tuscans. I think that's the two things that we really don't know, like specifics, and that's okay. This is nothing like I don't need specific. Like he was here from this day to this day, and then this day that like. I don't care, but I think we have a general idea of what the timeline was and is. So, but it makes sense to where we are now, though, right? It, like, it makes sense that he met Fennec and it's been X amount of time. So, what about you? What are your thoughts on like timeline, like where it catches up? What, where are you with all of that? For me, he was in the Sarlacc pit for a long ass time. He was there for a long time, so long that he has to do multiple back to treatments to be healed. So me, he was in the Sarlacc pit the entire time Bib Fortuna was in rule and was allowing these three families to take place. And then the Pike started wanting to move in. And then that's when he comes out of the Sarlacc pit. That's when the Pikes start becoming problems with the Tuscans. Because um, this seemed like a new problem with the Tuscans, right? They weren't ready for a train to come railing through and shoot them. They got picked off all the time. I think that was a new problem, which puts us closer to the Mando timeline. So that's where I'm at. In the Sarlacc pit for years. Totally scarred him, made him super weak. He hangs out with the Pikes. I mean, not the Pikes. He hangs out with the Tuscans for another year. I'll give it another year right and then we're right up like when he went to Mos Eisley I said this last time when he went to Mos Eisley to talk to the Pikes and we saw those stormtrooper heads on Pikes and then we saw Pelimoto that was me thinking that they were trying to tell us we are at episode one of Mando right or we're in season one of Mando here here we are I thought that that was a direct indicator I still think that because then the Pikes die, he's off on his own, he's telling the Bantha to make baby Banthas, it's really nice to the Bantha, it's really cute, and then um, he sees, I thought seeing the Flash was awesome, because it made you realize that he wasn't tracking down Mando in his armor, or tracking down Mando in that moment, like you kind of think like, when you were watching Mando, like, oh, Boba Fett must have been hunting him this entire time and that's how he came up on Fennec it wasn't that at all he just happened to see those flashes went over there and there was Fennec so in the Sarlacc pit a long time that's where I am on it and then all these events with the Pikes are just unveiling like re re really recently no that all makes sense no, I mean I buy all of that I 100% buy all of that for sure I, for some reason, I just feel that, like, he, again... Would he have survived for years in a Sarlacc? It seems unlikely, you know? But you never know. Again, it's not going to be... And again, I don't need, and, and maybe you don't need an exact time of, like, when... Right. I mean, I, I don't think... We don't need that as fans. We just need, like you're saying, the indications of, okay, this is where we are now, right? Those hints of... Pelimoto, 
the stormtroopers on their helmets and the on the sticks on the pikes. So we get those hints, and then obviously the biggest one in this episode was the flare, and then him going to Fennec. We know we're in episode four or five, whatever episode that was, of Mando season one. So like we know where we are now. So, and then I think, and I want to get your thoughts on this. So that droid says that he is fully healed now. But then Fennec makes the comments of what about the like uh, internal scars? He says that takes longer. So like again, are they playing with will we go back to the the Bakta flashbacks? Will we not? I feel like we won't. Only because here's my my logic behind it. Is because right now, the rest of the rest of the season, so we have episodes what uh, five, six, and seven now, three episodes. We have not seen any footage from these episodes at all. Everything that we have seen in trailers or promos has been these first four in these first four episodes. So I feel like they aren't going to do any more flashbacks. I think now we're just going straight present. I feel like that's what the whole showing him at that end credit scene before the Baca tank opens again. I think that's telling us, okay, we're caught up now. And then the line from that droid of you're fully healed. Now, could we go back into it? We could. I mean, it's good as possible. But like we already know how he got his armor, right? Like we know he tracked down Mando. I mean, yeah, we know that he obviously, like, in Mando Season 2, we know he was tracking Mando when he was helping Cobb Van, because at the end of that episode, you know, there's that shot of him riding in across the desert, and then Boba's watching him. So, like, we know he somehow, he somehow made those connections. Do I need to know how that happened? I don't. It'd be nice, but I don't care. Because, again, we know the majority, like, we know the majority of that story of he tracked down Mando, got his armor back, he helped Mando with Grogu. Like, that's that's it. So now we're caught up. Do you feel the same way with the whole flashbacks? Are we done? Do you feel like we'll go back? What are you What are you thinking as far as Baca, Baca flashbacks? Yeah, I, I think we're done with the Baca flashbacks. I think we could still have more flashbacks like maybe boba gets knocked out right and then we get one uh or maybe he gets injured and has to go back to the back to tank (laughs) and we have another one exactly what you said we don't need to know from here on out what happened in the in this small gap because we know what happened in the gap we know that mando came to tatooine the crate dragon battle Cobb Vanth was there. He saw his armor. We know all of it. I don't think we need to know any more. I don't think we need to have a Boba Fett point of view of that story. But would it be would I be okay with it? Sure. Why not? So I agree with you. I think what that story's told. I think we just go forward. We don't get any more flashbacks, which I find kind of, that's the one thing I was frustrated about in this episode. The flashback was so heavy. It was so long, so big. And it's like, why couldn't you tell this story in chronological order? You know, instead of doing the flashbacks and going back and forth, 
I guess my answer is is because it's Star Wars. And sometimes it's better not to know what happened in, in the past until later, I guess, is like what they like to do. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, so that was I felt like this story could have been told like linear, but it wasn't. So, OK, you know, but. Yeah, I think we're done with flashbacks. Unless we get like a really deep flashback, you know, like a Django Fett flashback or or a Bosque or a um or a Sing flashback, right? What if we go that that's the only thing that I think we could go into in a flashback that's necessary, go a little bit farther back, but I I think that's maybe more for like a season two if they have one. No, that's a good point. Yeah, because we could if they do a season two. Do they yeah, reiterate those flashbacks or are they just, again, continuing a story now in a linear way? I guess we'll find out. But I see your point about, you know, they could have did this in order. Like, why not start the Tuskins and tell, like, tell that tale the first four episodes, right? And then somehow connect us to where we are. But again, how do you connect to that story to like what's happening? Like again, it's kind of it, 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 we talked about that I think in even episode one of like how do you tell this story without doing kind of flashbacks? You know what I'm saying? Just of how I guess just how they how they wanted to present the story, they went this route. So it was like, well, I guess that's a choice. Because again, what was the other other alternative was like starting from when he got out of the the Sarlacc, and somehow moving forward, linear, lin, uh, you know, straight. I don't know. It, again, it's choice. I'm not mad at it. I like the flashbacks. I think you have a good point about going back and exploring maybe a Django flashback because we saw in a lot of those flashbacks, like him looking. Uh, in Camino, looking at his dad take off and stuff. So, like, are we gonna explore that, or is that just again his memory of things? Who knows? We'll find. I guess we find out, or we don't find out. I guess we'll we'll see. But no, that's good stuff. That's really good stuff. Um, any final thoughts on the episode? Anything you want to bring up, chat about? What you got? Anything that you have? Any moments or anything? <clears throat> Uh, Fennec, you know, was just great in this episode, but I feel like there were very small threads of put into the back of my mind is, is Fennec going to deceive Boba, Boba Fett, Agreed. right? 100% agree. Fennec knew how to break into Jabba's palace. Um, there was another part that well, I was like, oh God, here we go. They're going to, she's going to, she's going to betray him. This sucks. <laughs> um, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but. So I hope they don't, you know, I think they're really strong as a team and I think that's something that's necessary. Um, so I hope she doesn't betray that Bert betray him. Wow. I didn't even know how to talk just then. I made up a word. <laughs> I like it. No, I, and I said this last week. This is my concern. And I feel like they are doing small hints of it. But then you get an episode like this and you show how they're like, you know, best friends. And then it's almost like you did that with the Tuscans. Awesome stuff in episode two and in episode three. 
they're gone. So, like, are they setting us up for more of that? I guess we'll wait again. Time will tell. We'll wait and see. But that is my biggest concern moving forward is if they go down that trope route, not trope, but that that storyline of her betraying him. But I feel like you guys, it's like they almost, it's either A, they're setting it up for that, or A, they're telling us that's not going to happen. It's, I guess it depends on how you look at it, right? Because all those conversations they had by the campfire this episode would lead you to believe that, you know, she's 100% you know, behind him because he supports her, he saved her, you know, so, but I just, I don't know. That's my biggest concern, and I will be very, I'll be very, I guess, curious as to why they'll go that route if they do, and I guess I'll be, again, I said it last week, I'll be a little bit disappointed if they take another female character and, like, do something with her in that way, and, like, just, I don't know. I don't know. I'll just I'll just be upset. What else you got? You got anything else on that? No, it was, it was just really good to sit back and watch um two uh older aged actors um you know be able to be the front of a story and just be this powerhouse. Um it was really it's really beautiful to watch their um relationship and their dynamics so uh that part creating them as heroes is is how they're transitioning into um the hero world is awesome i really like it so i hope it stays on that path you know because they deserve it for what they've gone through and what they kind of stand behind now because i think even when fennec was an assassin she wasn't like uh I'm in it for the bloodlust or I'm in it for anything like that. She knew it was something that she was good at. It was a ne- it was necessary. Um people had a need for it. So she was master assassin Fennec Shand of the Mid Rim. I mean, what a cool ass title. So um but I even like those um interactions she had with um Omega on the Bad Batch, it didn't seem like she was cold blooded. So I think she is worthy of becoming something more in Star Wars. Well, that's a really good point on the Bad Batch stuff. Because, again, you saw that, not softer side, but you saw that empathy-ish coming from her. So, like, again, that's I think that's why it would, for me, be a very jarring thing for them to do if they did go that route, to take her character that route in in the show i think maybe that's as i'm talking this out i think that's what concerns me why i have that concern is that you haven't really set her up to be that type of person whether it's in this life and in live action or in animation she's she's not that type of person as far as we know could she be yeah of course she's a bounty hunter master assassin she does it for money yeah anything's possible but I just hope they don't go that route. I think I'll be very disappointed if they change her character for me as a viewer and how I view the character, change her that much and change her to the point where she's backstabbing somebody. I just I just don't get those vibes from her. I just don't get those vibes from her. So we'll see, man. We'll see. But yeah, I, episode was great. I I mean, now we are flying blind into these last three episodes and I just... I can't wait. The cameos could be crazy ridiculous or it could just be simple. 
we don't know. <laughs> we have no idea. That's the best part. That's the best yeah. part, you know? I mean, from the from the players and the characters that we have in the season so far, it, it's sufficient to move the story along. We don't need to drop in, like, big hits. But, I mean, have them a couple, you know, dropping in big hit cameos at the end of the season, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of their thing, the last Mando season one, season two. I immediate I immediately go back to WandaVision where everybody was expecting it and it didn't happen and it hurt. And to me it did. It hurt. I was like, where where is my man, Doctor Strange? I'm hurt. I get that. No, that's a good call. That's a, that's a good call. That's a good call. Uh we do have one more before we bounce out of here. We do have one more ask the gals from our very good friends. Dave and Liv from Pizza and Parsecs, if you guys haven't followed them, follow them. Good stuff from those two I always. Liv. I think about them all the time. <laughs> I mean, same. They're just good people. They're just, I love them both. We have to have another episode with them. I love having oh, episodes yeah. I'll with I'll reach them. out. I'll reach out. Dave and Liv, if you're listening, uh, expect me in your DMs because, yeah, we'll definitely do something. Again, because we always have fun, us four, when we're, when we're talking Star Wars or whatever we're talking about. It's a lot of fun. But here they go. So their ass the gal says this. Where to begin? How do you stay so awesome? I imagine an entourage of stylists and life coaches following you around, desperately trying to learn from you. You two are hilarious. <laughs> and I wish that was true. But no, we're just uh, we're just us, man. We're just Lauren and Andrea, apparently. So uh, I love you guys for that. Uh, now they say something you're excited about in the next year. If the gals had a staring contest, who'd win? I'm going to answer that last question. I'd lose. I'm terrible at the staring contest. So Andrea, I would default that you would win that hundred percent. I think I could. I mean, I, I, me and Carmen do staring contests. They're very funny too, because we like flare our nostrils and like lift our eyebrows trying to trick the other one out. It's really fun. Um. So yeah, see, this is where yeah, I would lose. Oh my god, take it. This is where I would lose. That's why I would lose for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. But something you're excited about in the next year? You know, I think if we're looking at it Star Wars wise, I'll take a Star Wars and non Star Wars stuff. Star Wars wise, man, we got Bad Bad season two coming. We have a Kenobi series coming out, and we have Andor coming out this year. Not to mention, you know, looks like celebration still happening in May, kids. So we got a lot of stuff. This could be a really big Star Wars year as far as announcements. Obviously, a ton of new content that we're getting. I think then more than we got in 2021. I think 2022 is a lot, you know, and then hopefully we'll continue that path moving forward. So, yeah, Star Wars wise. I think I'm excited for everything that's coming out this year. Kenobi, Andor, Bad Bad Season 2, I'm in for all three. And then obviously we're getting a Mando Season 3. We know that, so that's probably going to be hopefully maybe early next year. Who knows? But we got a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. And then again, celebration announcements. Who knows? Movies, announcements, more TV show announcements. We'll get a ton of stuff. So this year is going to be really big. Star Wars year for sure, I feel like. Non-Star Wars wise, man. 
if you're a sci-fi nerd, I mean, you're getting a lot. You're getting fed this year. You have Lord of the Rings series coming out. You have a, a House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones coming out. You have, obviously, with us, Marvel. Marvel has Moon Knight coming out. Like, there's so much coming out non-Star Wars-wise. Batman. Ooh, the Batman. That's my hyped man. I'm hyped for that for that movie so much. You're so hyped. <laughs> You're so hyped. I really hyped am. For that. I cannot wait for that movie. It's gonna be that good. If you haven't listened to the theme, they dropped the Batman theme. Chef's kiss. It's good. Good stuff. Good stuff. It's really good. It's so good. So that's my that's my excited for this year and moving forward. Andrew, what do you got? Obviously, like I said, you'll win the steering contest. I think that's hands down. Yeah, easy. What are you excited for? Let's do it right now. I mean, people can't see us, but I'm open your eyes lose. really. I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose. Open your eyes really big. Just do answer it. the question, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Star Wars wise, <clears throat> I'm excited for all the shows. I think especially Andor is the one I'm really looking forward to because it's been in production for so long it feels like we've known about it for so long and i just don't know what what that's gonna be you know so i'm excited for that one the most um i'm also excited of and things i'm looking forward to this year is really just catching up on my star wars books and you know kind of diving deep into things that um, are unknown to me and known to a lot of other people so um, i'm excited about the high republic how it's going back in time back to the future no back to the back to the so i'm excited for that um non non star wars excitement i don't have any i work my ass off and i'm sick of it so <laughs> i'm <laughs> I have a vacation planned, not until December. Christ, <laughs> that's sad. But, that sucks. That but we're going sad. back to Universal, um, which is really awesome. So we were looking at pictures of uh, when we went four years ago, and it's so funny because Alex was so tiny. He was like this little little kid, and now he's taller than all of us. So it's going to be so weird. Um, but I am excited to go back to Universal. I love it there fun that'll be that's gonna be a dope trip you guys gonna go to galaxy's edge is that a plan so that's the thing we're going like uh around christmas like actually the week right before christmas we'll be there during christmas but i can't leave around that time that early because of work so they're going down there early i'm flying down there halfway through that they're down there so maybe the day I get in, we'll go to Galaxy's Edge, but we haven't decided yet. Nice. I hope you get there, pal. That would be, that'd be amazing. That'd be really, really good. I know. That'd be good that stuff. sounds like the most, it sounds like it stressed me out though. You know, just knowing that you might not get on the resistance ride or any of that, like that place is stressful. And I'm, I get really worked up about like going to concerts, like, Oh, what if I miss the opening song? What if I don't get there? What if I, blah, 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 blah. so Disney is a stressful experience. I'm just going to put that out there. I wish they would fix that because having to like, I'm not like a prepared person. 
buying my tickets in advance is as prepared as I can be. So please just allow me to get there and do things. But that's not how it works there. So I don't know. It'll all work out. It'll all work out. Just enjoy. I mean, obviously, that I think I think ninety percent for me. I bet ninety percent of just going into that and just seeing everything. Yeah, will be cool. That would be cool mm-hmm. for sure. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. All right, kids. That's it. That's the episode. Hope you enjoyed our dive into episode four. We're pumped. We're excited, man. Last three episodes are going to be, I think, a wild ride, especially what they're setting up uh, from this last episode. Going to be good stuff. Good stuff. So. Andrew, uh, or before we bounce on out, how did I get to? Yeah, we did. Okay, so yeah, we got all the Askel, so we're good to go. If you guys want to follow me, you can follow me, Lauren Romo at Loro Knows on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the Galactic Podcast at the Galactic Pod on Twitter, and we are on Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, all the good stuff. Andrea, where can they find you? You can find. Follow me on Twitter at R2D2Step. And as always, kids, may that force be with you. Always. Always.